What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of Mamba Mentality, Gruden Grinders. And when we talk about the Mamba Mentality, we mean... The Mamba Mentality simply means trying to be the best version of yourself. And every week we strive to be the best version of this podcast. I am Nicholas Finch, co-host of uh, this podcast as well as True Comedy, also available on all platforms. So make sure you like, share, and subscribe to that. Joining me today is our usual panel, kinda, as we have Marquise. Marquise, say hi to the good people. What up, though? That's better. <laughs> All right, and then Lane. What it do, baby? And uh, normally we have four people, but um, our quarterback QB Quincy Barnhill is currently unavailable. He's uh, he's he's uh, adjusting his pipes. Um, so. This week we have a lot of interesting things to talk about. Um, we are, we're going to talk about the Atlanta Hawks and their end of the season. We're going to talk about my favorite team, the New York Knicks, and what they can do next season. And we're going to end with some wrestling talk. Um, so before we get into all of that, thank you all for downloading this podcast. Uh, make sure you like, subscribe, and most importantly, you rate and review Every time you rate and review, it helps us. It puts us in the algorithm. It makes our efforts worth it. It makes our time investment worth it. So make sure that not only do you subscribe and you like, make sure you leave that five-star review and a comment. So thank you so much. All right, let's get into it. We're recording uh, a day after game two of the NBA Finals. The uh, Phoenix Suns are now up 2-0 over... The Milwaukee Bucks, despite a phenomenal effort effort from Giannis Antetokounmpo, but he Antetokounmpo he had twenty points in the third quarter. Um, I, I forgot how many he finished with the game, but it was almost fifty. It was a lot, forty two. So uh, phenomenal effort by him, just not enough um, from his teammates. So I'm going to ask the panel. I don't care who goes first. Uh, just what do you think about this series so far? With the Suns having a 2-0 lead and Giannis literally doing everything he can to keep this team going. Help me. Help me. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> Somebody. Anybody. Help. Man on, man on the island on his own in the third quarter. I mean, it was just. You on five. <laughs> Rick. Somebody said somebody said this is what happened with him in the um third quarter. <laughs> That's it. They said that man went ultra instinct. He had to go off. That's what they said happened to the man. Yeah, he he was about the only reason they were in that game. That game could easily have been 30, 30 point lead by then. What can the, what can what can what can the Bucks do? Like obviously they're going to score more because they're at home and that's what losers do. They score they play better at home. So just what do you, aside from that, do you think they'll have enough firepower even being at home? Absolutely not. CP3 is finally in the finals. He's winning that ring. Bucks just might as well go home. I mean, they go they're about to be home. They might as well just not show up anymore. <laughs> not show up anymore. I mean, you know, until you're eliminated, you have a chance. We've seen a team come from 3-1 before. It's only been once, but it's happened. Well, Milwaukee is a big team that want to shoot threes. Then the only guy who is slashed into the paint is Giannis, which you're not going to get to the free throw line as a team like that, and you ain't going to make it easy for yourself if you ain't hot. So, as a lot of people want to put the game and put it all on Giannis should be more, like, I don't know what more than 42 points could you do. Their philosophy need to change. They don't need to be a shooting team. They need to be a slashing team. Are you suggesting that a change in head coach may be needed? Absolutely. He's stupid. He don't make no adjustments. Yeah, Mike Mike Budenholzer needs to uh he needs to go. But the Bucks even put out a statement saying that if they didn't make a deep run, 
they were going to more than likely part ways. I still think, even though they've obviously made the deepest run they can, they need to just go on and part ways because, like, like Marquis said, they need to just go on and be a slashing team. Like, still keep, like, two or three shooters for for the spacing, but you got to commit a little bit more to the slashing. I'm with like, y'all, yeah. Giannis is just getting – his years are getting wasted slowly but surely. Yeah, you know, you, you, you always want a player to be, you know, loyal, but I agree with you on that. Like, he got to do something, and that team doesn't have any, any avenues for improvement because because they committed to Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. Like, there's not much they can do to improve. Mm-hmm. All right, so enough about the Bucks. Let's wish them, wish them luck. We'll see what happens. All right, the Atlanta Hawks, um, they they took the Bucks to uh, seven games in the Eastern – no, they didn't. Was it six games? Six. Yeah, six games in the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm getting old. Um, injuries and whatnot got to Atlanta. They just couldn't recover, couldn't get that, that um, series re-in, even with Giannis being out. So my question to you with them being a three seed, um this I mean excuse me, the five seed this season, um getting a lot of upsets on the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um what do we feel like the Hawks are gonna do? Are they here to stay? Um how do they keep this team together or how can they improve going forward? I mean, I think what they what they did this year is sustainable to the extent that they're really not losing any um big talent. And for agency this year, I think we talked about it briefly last night. Solomon Hill, John Collins, we'll get to that in a second. But other than them, uh, Tony Snell, I think that was the name. And then one or two other guys, it's not important. Lou Williams, excuse me, excuse me. So the biggest thing I think that they need to work on is bringing John Collins back. Uh, Not that they can't replace his talent, but I just feel like he was instrumental in their success this year. And really, they need somebody who can come off the bench and produce. Um, they got a little stagnant every time Trey Young left the court. Um, do you think? Do you think? Uh, you know, if they lo- if they were to lose John Collins, do you think there's there's a player out there that would be better for them as far as coming off the bench, or do you think keeping them keeping their size is more important than having? a dynamic playmaker coming off the bench if it lose, means losing John Collins. When you say keep their size, what are you referring to? Because really they're not they're not that big of a team in general, are they? To me, they're just very dynamic as far as scoring. Well, I just mean um, John Collins is a power forward who can mm-hmm. stretch the floor. Like, is, is he and a starter, would losing him um, – would losing him – hurt more what they do like right now or would would it be better for them to add that playmaker off the bench? I think really it'd be better just to add a playmaker off the bench. And the reason I say that is because uh, we've, what they did this year worked. Now, they didn't make it to the finals, but they outseated everybody else's expectations. So if I'm Atlanta, first thing I'm doing is trying to get John Collins back and then I'm trying to find that player to come off the bench. Now, if they lose John Collins, there are probably several free agents I think they could get that would help the team as a whole, but they may have to change what they do. I think Kawhi Leonard, even though he's not a power forward, I think he would be a good addition to any team, and I think that's an Atlanta pipe dream. But I guess I'll set all that to say there are other options outside of John Collins. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, Rick Lane, what are y'all thoughts about Atlanta and their future? It all depends on if they're going to re-sign John Collins or not, which the contract is they already gave him a good offer. If it declined it, it probably ain't going to get no higher. So, to me, is the guy they drafted, can they develop them if like to stay good or get better as the next year comes on if they can't sign John Collins back. I mean, it, it, it's a lot of a lot of stuff, a lot of options to me open for them, but I think they should have a solid team going into next year. One thing I'm interested to see in seeing when talking about Atlanta is the development of Cam Reddish. Um, 
is Cam Reddish. Let's. I'm trying to find how tall he is. He's six eight, um, a seven one wingspan. He's not much smaller than John Collins. Do you think they should? If, if John Collins' asking price gets too high, you think it's worth investing in Cam and kind of letting John skip town? Mm, you kind of have to see what you got with him, especially with why he on the rookie contract before you have to pay him some money. So see, see what see what the hell you can get out of. I think that Atlanta is in a very precarious situation with John Collins and all of their young stars at this point. And the situation is very reminiscent of OKC with Westbrook and Harden and Kevin Durant. You the Hawks need to play this the right way and they need to not, I hate to use this term, but they need to not OKC this. They need to keep their, like, this core is clearly shown what they can do. Um, they've exceeded expectations. Now, obviously, a lot of this comes from can they all stay healthy? We never know. We don't know what the future holds. Um I believe with the OKC situation, though, to kind of compare it, was OKC knew they couldn't pay Westbrook, Harden, and Durant. So they traded Harden while they had the chance to get something out of it. Now, that turned into Steven Adams, who has become a one of the top centers in the NBA, even though he can't shoot the three. Um, the Hawks have got to, if they don't think that they can re-sign Collins, which Collins has stated that he wants to stay in Atlanta. We all know PR, that's the smart thing to say. He could very well have said that and meant he's going somewhere else because money's going to talk, especially if he's a young guy, he's going to want that big contract to kind of secure his future. Um, so he's going to have to play his cards right. Uh, I mean, not him, excuse me. Atlanta's going to have to play their cards right and try to keep him there. Um, obviously Trey Young, Trey Young is going to get a super max. I think like after his rookie deal, because he's already been on an, he's already been on all NBA teams. He's probably going to end up being on one again, just because Trey Young is a very electric player. Yeah, he's well-liked by the media and the fans, and that means Atlanta's going to owe him a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're going to have to think about that. Um, obviously, John Collins, they want to try to keep um, – they want to try to keep uh, DeAndre Hunter, Kevin Herter. Cam Reddish, though, I agree with what Marquis said, um, and I think you said it too. Cam Reddish is kind of – the, the key here, can he develop? Can Cam Reddish develop and become a or the spark plug for the Hawks? Because Cam Reddish can play the two through the four. He can play all three of those positions, which gives him a lot of flexibility and maneuverability. That should give him enough. He has the skills and the, the skill set and the tools that he could be, he could be the next Lou Williams, so to speak. He could be the six man, the a perennial six man of the year candidate. I think Cam Reddish has a lot of potential. I think that Cam Reddish is kind of the key to everything to this whole situation. And Atlanta needs to get Cam Reddish in the game more, see what they've got with him and proceed from there. But the first step is obviously for Atlanta is they've got to keep John Collins. Well, I was going to say like, um, as far as, making the choice, it's too late on that. John Collins is a free agent now. So they have to they have to decide now. They can't there, there is no more waiting right on waiting on Cam. Um they have to decide, all right, we've looked at this guy. Can he replace John Collins? And I'll be perfectly honest with you. All things considered, this is a guy who can who can stretch the floor. He can like you said, he can play two through four. He has a seven one wingspan Honestly, 
you can make the case that if John Collins is asking for over a hundred million dollars, you don't have to keep them. You could find that they could find a very, if Collins walks and goes somewhere else, um, I think the ideal thing is if he decides to walk as Atlanta needs to try to do a sign and trade to get something out of it. Just any a uh, couple of draft picks, maybe uh, a rotational player, get something out of losing Collins because he is gonna. It's gonna hurt to lose him. Um, I think if they do lose Collins though, and they can't do a sign and trade, they need to bring in some uh, a serviceable vet to see. And then kind of use that that veteran to, and then slowly work Cam Reddish into like full starting minutes. If I remember right, I think most of his rookie year he did start a lot, uh, but I don't think he started as much this year. So, no, he, he had he dealt with some injuries. I'm, I'm with yeah, you. I'm, yeah. So he can't like I said, Cam Reddish is kind of the key here. If Cam Reddish develops and becomes, even if he doesn't, if he develops over being the the spark plug off the bench and turns into a starter, then I think. They could, the Hawks would be very well set. Um, I do know they've got Gallinari in the wings, so Quincy, Gallinari is serviceable on defense. He Quincy will just, get you a stop here or there, but Gallinari is there. Quincy just raised his hand like this is class. What, what's up? I, I try to keep myself muted when other people are talking. You know, my dogs be loud. Look, I just want to make a couple quick hit points. One, according to the Twitter tweets, uh, Atlanta does want John Collins back, but they do not want to give him the same contract that they offered him prior to this year with the four-year $90 million deal. Uh, the other point I want to make is a lot of people feel as though Cam Reddish could, as in has the potential to be, ab- mm I don't want to say at best, but at worst, the second best player on the team and possibly even better than Trey Young. I'm not saying I believe it. I'm just saying that's a, that's a word on the Twitter streets. All right. I'm with you. I think personally, I think I'm not saying that John Collins is overrated, but I think that Clint Capella is more important to that offense than when John Collins bring. And if you can bring a guy like Cam Reddish along who is seats eight with that seven one wingspan that can play in multiple spots, I think that's a better thing to do for your for your team, your offense and your defense going forward, and let John Collins get that money somewhere else. And pro- probably I, I'm not saying that I want him in New York, but I'm just saying that would be a place that would want to sign him for what he does to play perfectly alongside um Julius Randle. I think best case scenario is maybe you sign John Collins to a one, maybe two year deal, and then that way you have him until you know that Cam Reddish has developed. I don't think I just don't think he's gonna go for that though. Like does he he it's one of those things like he wants to stay in Atlanta, but you gotta secure the bag. And and I think that's I think that's gonna have to be important to him, uh to a player like him because bigs don't last long. They gotta get the bag. They have to. Um Luca and Zion, both of those guys are considering uh, Luca right now. I mean, last we heard, he was going to sign the Supermax, but he could also sign a one-year deal and become unrestricted next year. And Zion has definitely talked about doing that. So, but but they they have that flexibility because they're not bigs. Um, Collins, he has to ca- um, cash in now. All right. So enough about Atlanta. Let's move on to um, the Knicks. Um, New York has been in a lot of rumors. Every you know we do this. This uh, I don't want to say we do this crap every off season, where it's it's a big name disgruntled um, veteran who wants to go somewhere. This time it's Damian Lillard. Um, reports are saying that he's unhappy. He might request a trade. And anytime that happens, the first team that comes up is the Knicks. Well, Knicks fans aren't feeling that because that it might mean uh, giving up RJ. R.J. Barrett, who's come along quite nicely this year, looked good as Team Canada was trying to qualify for the Olympics. So my question to each of you, knowing what the Knicks have in in draft capital, knowing what they have in cap space, there's not a lot of team, there's not a lot of players signed to come back. Maybe six players are on the payroll for next year. Each of you, what would be your offseason strategy for the Knicks going forward. And don't ask me any questions because I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do after you eat your done. So who wants it first? Lane wants it first. All right, Lane, 
Take it away. The Knicks. Oh, the Knicks. I ain't going to say nothing bad against them because I have secretly always been a fan of them just because I kind of adopt sports franchises as fandoms. I don't pull for them as hard, but they're, they're definitely one of the teams I pull for. And it was fun watching them this year. The Knicks need to bring back Reggie Bullock, bring back Alec Burks, and there's another name I keep forgetting. Um, I can't remember who else. Um, I know it ain't Alfred Payton or Frank Nitokina. But they need to bring back those two. Oh, Derrick Rose. I don't know how I forgot D. Rose. <laughs> they need to bring back those three specifically from that from that squad last year. The next thing they need to do is the Knicks need to just look at that Damian Lillard chalk. They need to ball it up, and they need to throw that right in the trash. Don't trade. Don't trade away your future because that means you're probably going to lose quickly. That means you're probably going to lose Obi. It means you're going to lose all them draft picks. Don't do that. Go get Lonzo. Go get Lonzo Ball. He is a good point guard. He has shown what he can do. He has great chemistry with Zion, who is who is very similar to Julius Randle in skill set. So I think the chemistry between Lonzo and Julie and Randle would be phenomenal. So go get Lonzo and then bring in. Maybe you, maybe the Knicks can go get Kawhi. I think Kawhi's got another one or two MVP type caliber years left in him. I think that Kawhi would be like a very a starting five of Ball, RJ, Kawhi, Randall, and then Mitchrob. I think that squad right there alone, and then D Rose, Burks, and Bullock in the in the in the backcourt or in the not the backcourt on the bench. I think you've got a to kind of compared to the the baby warriors. I think you've got a death squad right there. I think that that team is in immediately the favorites to win it all. I like that. I like that. Uh could Q uh Rick, y'all want to give it a shot who wants to go? I have no further input on that lane. Once again, hit every every button on the damn list. Other than other than you wanting Kyle Kuma for some reason. We talked about that off, off the pod. Yeah. Off so the I'm going to let you explain the Kyle Kuma part. But other than that, he hit everything. Proceed. <laughs> All right. I got you. I got you. I got, I got one question for you before I get my analysis. Now, um, I know you said no questions, but this is a, uh, it depends. My answer depends on it. The Knicks got cap space for two max contracts. If they renounce everybody, yes. Okay. So, let's say it is thundering at my house, so hopefully I don't die. But, um, <laughs> well, never mind. Because what I was going to say is, getting Dame, you could probably lure in another max contract player. However, you still got to pay Julius Randle. That being said, yeah, give me Dame Lillard. That's all I got to say. I mean, I want to keep RJ. <sighs> You kind of have to keep Julius Randle at this point. Uh, I would want to keep Toppin, and maybe quickly. However, it's Dame Lillard. Dame time. I think he could do big things in New York. I think it's what the fans in New York need. And uh, I think they can make a deep run with Dame Lillard, RJ, and Julius Randle. All right. So I have a I have a lot of schools of thought here. I'm gonna I'm gonna first talk about. The Dame route. If the Knicks were to acquire Damian Lillard, I would want to do it at the expense of all those draft picks. I would want to do it at the expense of Obi. Uh, less, less so quickly. You can get Kevin Knox off the roster, but if we got to keep Mitch Rob and RJ, but we traded away all those picks, which will be number 30 or 32 anyway, um, then yes, yes, I am 100%. 30 or 32. Like, I just completely skipped 31. First of all, it's only 30 picks. So if there is only, like, 29 or 30, then, yes, please give me um, give me Damian Lillard. But not at the expense of R.J. Barrett. But all the other all the other young players, they're okay. Like, quickly, quickly isn't going to be an all-star, but he's a great rotational player. 
Um, you can you can sign a rotational player from the NBA. They're a dime a dozen. So he's, you're not going to miss anything by getting rid of quickly. Obi, uh, he he is New York born and bred. Um, I would hate losing him, but if it meant having a better shot at a championship, I, I'll I'll miss him. Uh, <laughs> um, but not RJ. We can't lose RJ, and Julius Randle wouldn't even be in a discussion for that. That wouldn't even that wouldn't even make sense. But all those draft picks, they can go. Um, we can't do like the Celtics did, hoard all those draft picks, and it turns into. Five, um, your head coach becoming the president and trading away all that stuff anyway, um, trading away Kimba to um, get another young player just to basically start over again. So I don't want to be I don't want to be the Celtics in a sense that I don't want to have all these draft picks just to not use them to get something that matters. Okay, so if the Knicks do not get Dame Lillard, if that doesn't happen, there's a lot of different things that I would like to see. Um, there are a lot of different players that make sense for this team. So if you're not trading for Dame, what you have to do is you have to keep the team young. But you also have to add a certain defensive, um, outside shooting, you know, t- t- uh, sort of a grit, not a grit and grind because that was Memphis thing, but just sort of a gritty mentality. So players I consider, uh, although a lot of folks say Lonzo Ball doesn't have a lot of dog in him, I absolutely love the idea of that being one of the main people you go after. I, I think that was perfect. Um, John Collins, I didn't say this um, last time we talked about it, but now knowing that Atlanta doesn't really want to pay him the way that he sh- they should, he's going. He's not going to be there. That's just, to me, the reality of the situation. we got to let that hope go. So Lonzo Ball is um, one of my main targets I want to go for. Um, John Collins is somebody I want to go for. Uh, you've talked about Kawhi, and, and the reason John Collins – I, and I didn't I didn't say this before, but like I said, if Atlanta ain't going to pay him, then we got to look at it. That, it'd be crazy not to. Um, I don't I don't much care to go for Kawhi because I don't think he's going to leave L.A. I think he'd be more than likely <laughs> to. Uh, <laughs> I think he'd be more than likely to stay in L.A. and, and try to get a sign and trade to the Lakers than he would be to leave um, the the. Just go to leave the Clippers. He he's there. He's not leaving California. That's where he wants to be. Um, so you have to look at different guys like um, Spencer Dinwiddie as a point guard that nobody is talking about. Um, Reggie Jackson, who's gonna he's gonna get a bag this summer, whether he does that for the Clippers or another guy who's gonna look at Los Angeles. Uh, I think one guy who's gonna get lost in all this is Dennis Schroeder. He's not getting anything. Like poor poor fella. Um, serviceable bigs like Boogie. If Boogie knows that he's the third big coming off the bench, he's a serviceable guy. He can't do what he used to do, but he can still shoot. He can still stretch the floor. Um, Frank Kaminsky is a uh, stretch big that um, if he's coming off the bench and he's given or, or, or given Randall space, he's worth adding to the roster. So there's different things. Oh, I'm sorry. And then you look for on the wing, Kelly Oubre Jr., He's going to be a free agent that nobody is talking about. He's 25 years old, and folks have given up on him. Like, 25 years old is so young. I, these players come into the league, we, we think about, oh, Kelly Oubre Jr., he's in the sixth year. Well, when Michael Jordan was in his sixth year, well, when Michael Jordan was in the sixth year, he was damn near 30. Like, these guys are so young, and, and people just write them off so quickly. <laughs> no pun intended. So Kelly Oubre Jr. still has a chance to develop. He can shoot, and if he has somebody with confidence in him, I think he'll be fine. Now, Rick alluded to this, and um, I want to talk about it. So Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma was somebody who last time we talked, I should have mentioned that um, all of our teams should want Kyle Kuzma because his issue this year was – he went from, okay, I'm the third option on this team. Oh, okay, I'm the fourth option on this team. Oh, okay, I'm the fifth option on this team. I'm just on this team. The only thing that he was required to do that was expected of him to know he had a consistent role was play defense. He was so lost in the shuffle on offense that it made him look bad. He has a very tradable contract, and I think – any team that trades for Kyle Kuzma that's a contender 
is going to get a solid player to help them. Now, if the Knicks get him, that might mean, might mean move Randall to the five and let him play the four, or he can play the three with RJ playing the two. But him along, uh, but that combination, whether you get Lonzo and Kyle Kuzma, or you get Lonzo, or you get Kyle Kuzma, but you have to go cheaper on a point guard or, or in another big. I think well, any combination that gets you Kyle Kuzma in New York is going to be a difference. Because if he has, if he's one of the top options and he knows that he has his role, he is going to be fantastic. What about adding Spencer Dinwiddie then with uh, Kuzma? I would love that. I, I think I think Spencer Dinwiddie is a guy. He's coming off an ACL injury. ACL injuries don't mean nothing in sports anymore. That's like getting a cold at this point in sports. I mean, it just is like you. ACL injury used to be death sentences. Guys come back with better knees now after ACL injuries. Heck, I think ACL injury might have prolonged Adrian Peterson's career. I mean, they just they just they come back and their legs are better. There's other injuries in the legs that that sap your strength, like an Achilles tear. But heck, even Kevin Durant making that look like it ain't nothing. I think let's Spencer. See, yeah, let's see if that cupcake can make it a full season without getting hurt. Oh no, he, he but he never he never made full seasons without getting hurt. Like he 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 ain't an eighty two he hadn't been an eighty two game um game per year guy in in a, in five years, and he's not gonna be. He doesn't want to be. It ain't no reason for him to be. But Spencer Dinwiddie, he's not going back to Brooklyn, and that's a guy to look out for wherever he goes. That's a big time signing, and if it happens to be six miles down the road to play in Madison Square Garden. Not gonna be mad at that. I think Kuzma would be pretty good with Thunder. <laughs> yeah, Thunder's got, Thunder's got the Thunder's got the ability to get it uh, to trade for him. And with how bad he put, uh, with how bad he played, and I say that with air quotes around it, um, Thunder probably wouldn't have to give up much of anything. And 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 LA has to start thinking about the future. Like LeBron's got a timestamp, and it's ticking. Yeah. I think I think their the future is Anthony Davis. They've invested in that. By the way, Anthony Davis can opt out now. Granted, he's probably going to stay, but just just worth noting that he can leave this offseason. All right, all minds and all hearts and minds clear on New York. Yeah. All right, so we're going to talk about some WWE. Oh, I did it again. Not WWE. We're talking about wrestling because we're going to start with some AEW talk. Now, I know you guys don't follow AEW much, but that's actually going to be my point. Um, Aleister Black, well, the guy, the artist formerly known as Aleister Black, will be going by Malachi Black in AEW. He made his debut um, Wednesday night on Dynamite, AEW's um, weekly show on TNT. Uh, So my question for you, for you guys, um, with this signing, does it – Raise your interest, like signing guys like Aleister Black and and Miro, who used to be Rusev in WWE, or or Sean Spears, who was Ty Dillinger, or Matt Cardona, who was Zack Ryder. Like, do, do does, does the signing of any of these guys make you want to watch it anymore, or do, or is it a Chris Jericho or a Christian Cage or Matt Hardy that might pique your interest more, or Sting that might pique your interest more? Than um than the mid carters. No, it's all the above. The biggest issue, because I think we talked last time we talked about it, is that it's not a matter of who's wrestling. It's the fact that there is so much wrestling to keep up with nowadays. Having a show every night of the week. Now most of it's WWE, but the thing about it is, if you're following WWE, it takes a lot of effort to follow WWE, and you don't necessarily want to put that effort. All right, do the extra effort to keep up with AEW. So Malachi Black is not going to necessarily make me want to watch more AEW. Now, I love the name Malachi Black, and I thought his in-ring talent was good, but he doesn't necessarily have the charisma to draw you in to watch the show. Yeah. Yeah, the thing about all the signings from AEW, most of... The guy they signed that came from WWE, even mostly mid Carters, Christian Borderline. He could kind of do both. Other than um, John Martin, 
we didn't go count him. We knew he could be something, and WWE just didn't use him, right? So, but I would follow their career, but will it make me watch it? Yeah, depends what on TV. <laughs> All right, Lane. What, what about you? So, I'm probably the resident Fairweather fan of wrestling, more specifically WWE, because I don't watch it near as much as the rest of you. I do watch it come WrestleMania time, SummerSlam time, and probably Royal Rumble. Um, the signings have intrigued me uh, for AEW. Um I actually, I, I liked Cody Rhodes when he was in WWE because that was one of the few that I remembered um, when I first started watching back in, like, 2011, 2012. Um, so that was one interest for me. Um, another friend, uh, Hunter Stewart, always talked about a guy named Kenny Omega. I was always interested in him. Um, I don't know. The name Kenny Omega is just a really cool wrestling name to me. Um but the signings of Rusev, um, Malachi Black, Aleister Black, whatever he is, I think you said Rusev's new name's like Mirio or something like that. Um, like those do interest me a little. Like it's hard to put into words. Like I like wrestling, I like watching, but I'm it's easier for me to watch when I'm watching with other people who are watching at the same time. Kind of draws my interest in more because. Then I've got someone to talk about it with, and then I can kind of helps me follow along a little better. I mean, my wife likes to pick on me and say it's just uh, soap operas for men. Um, probably not a bad description of it, though. But honestly, like the signings have intrigued me enough that I, I would consider watching it. I think the biggest turnoff for me, though, was you know Fat Jericho. Fat Jericho just kind of creepy looking. Looks like he should drive like a big brown van and then just like offer kids candy or something. Um, <laughs> but nah, uh, like I do appreciate like having a, a resident um, wrestling fan who appreciates all wrestling and our main host. Uh, but and so you and Nick, you keep me up to date pretty well, especially if like something big happens. So, one day I might try it. Uh, I don't know if I'll try it anytime soon. Um, I mean, if if Roman Reigns ends up going to AEW, you know, I, my, I'm taking my talents to AEW as well. So that was actually that was actually the question I was about to ask: Is there a signing? Like, is there what could AEW do to get you to watch Roman Reigns, uh, Biggie? Um, Usos, really anyone that's not white from WWE. <laughs> Seth Rollins has entered the chat. <laughs> what about you, Q? Like, <laughs> so here's my thing, and I was thinking about it a minute ago. Like, the thing for me is not about you know mid cards or anything like that getting a, a better opportunity it's not about the legends per se you mentioned staying Chris Jericho the only reason I would tune in to AEW is to watch somebody specific that I was a champion for in WWE right so like I would be interested to see what they'll do with Braun Strowman if they sign Braun Strowman now depending on what kind of match Matt Hardy got going on, I'd be interested in Matt Hardy, but that's because I already like Matt Hardy. It's not just because, ooh, it's Matt Hardy. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, again, it really depends on who it is and if I already like them beforehand. Makes sense to me. That, I mean, that's what got me there. I'm there for Cody Rhodes. Yeah, and I think that makes sense. Because, like, even, even if they're a main event star, like, I'm not going to tune into AEW for Bobby Lashley. I'm just I'm not saying anything wrong with Bobby Lashley, but he's not gonna draw me to another show. But you put somebody like Ziggler, I'm gonna go see what they're gonna do with Ziggler. Acknowledge my principle. 
<laughs> no, I'm with you there. Um, you know, I, I like I said, Cody, Cody got me there. But um, there's been other folks like um, I thought I'd never like somebody like Orange Cassidy. I thought I'd hate him forever. Um, but he he's kept me there. Guys like Darby Allen have kept me there. There's some really good talents there. It's just a matter of like getting to know them. But like you said, it's a lot of wrestling on. So I I, bl- I don't blame y'all for not watching everything. All right. The- I got one more point. One more thing that will make me watch AEW. Come to Birmingham. <laughs> right. You come to come to Birmingham. We in the, we there live. Um it's actually one of the few more uh wrestling attractions I gotta see. Um so moving on uh from AEW, uh WWE is having a pay per view soon, Money in the Bank. It'll be I think it's Sunday. Am I no next Sunday. Next Sunday. Next Sunday. Um it's a ladder match where they Folks can qualify, get a chance to, um, you know, have a guaranteed championship match. Um, looking at the men's match, because no offense to the ladies' match, there's not really any big storylines going into that match right now. It's just a bunch of random folks in there. But in the men's match, um, we have from Raw, Ricochet, John Morrison, Riddle, and Drew McIntyre. And then on the SmackDown side, we have Big E, Kevin Owens, King Nakamura, and we're about to have the final participant in a little while um, as SmackDown is actually on as we record this. So my question to you is, given the competitors in the match, um, who do you think needs it more and who has the best story um, coming out coming out of winning the Money in the Bank ladder match? I think the best storyline, if the writers are smart um, and have thought far enough into the future, I think the best way the writers should go for this this storyline is the best storyline that they could go for right now is to have Big E win the money in the bank. I think Big E needs like he's right he's there for that push. I think he's like perfectly in line for it. I think that then later that night that Kofi Kingston should beat Bobby Lashley and get the title. And then New Day is going to come out and celebrate. Xavier Woods is going to come out. Big E going to come out with that with that nice uh, briefcase. They're going to be celebrating. And then Big E going to knock Kofi the hell out with that suitcase, that little briefcase. And then Woods is just going to look and just sit there like, what? And then Big E's just going to pin Kofi and one, two, three. And Big E going to be the champ. I'm with you on that. But uh, I'm going to let everybody else go. But I got a little twist to that that I think the storyline has been leading to. I don't think folks have been realizing it, but that's because I've been watching a little bit more. Well, I'll, I'll get to that when it, when it's my turn to go. Um, Quincy and Marquise, what do y'all think? Who do you think should win? What's the best story coming out? I want Big E to win. He got the out of everybody in there. He needs a big main title run. And plus, you can put him in different stories. You can kind of he he more flexible with his story than anything. You can make him go here, going to Raw with the New Day if Kofi win the championship, or you can make him try to go against Roman. Either or, I'm with it. But I'm also with John Morrison getting a chance because he need to get the fuck away from the Miz as quick as possible. In the worst way. In the worst way. I mean. Don't get me wrong. They entertaining. Not, nothing against how entertaining they are. But it getting to the point that the writers on Raw are repeating the same shit so much that it getting bland, and I'm getting tired of it. Mm. Give the guy a championship run that he can actually do and he showed when he was on Impact. He Impact. showed he can be he can be that guy. Lucha Underground. Wherever yeah, he's going, he's showing he can be the man. Now, the last two, you're kind of, kind of, eh. I'll look on they win. It'll be either or. And that's Ricochet and Riddle. I ain't going to say nothing with KO. Cause KO, I would want him to get another run. I just don't feel WWE going to push it. That's why I ain't saying nothing about him. You know, there's kind of there's kind of a, a hierarchy of like looking at who's in the match. There's like guys who need the win, 
John Morrison, Big E. Um, guys, if they went, if they won, wouldn't hurt your feelings. Seth Rollins, uh, Kevin Owens, Nakamura, um, Drew McIntyre. That's fine. But then there's like you said, the guys like, what the heck are they gonna do if they win? And that's Ricochet and Riddle. Mm-hmm. So, um, Quincy, where you at on this? Uh, well, I'm gonna hit it like this, man. I think the Big E storyline makes the most sense, uh, mostly because of how versatile you can be. Because you could put Big E back with the New Day, or you could put Big E against the New Day, and that would also be a pretty good run. Personally, that's my favorite scenario, unless they want to give KO another run, because I just love KO. <laughs> I really don't care about Morrison. I don't care about Riddle. I don't care about uh, the other guys we mentioned in the match. Oh, Drew McIntyre, he's going to get his push regardless. He really don't need to win. Um, so that's my thing, man. Big E or KO, either one. Yeah. Only reason I I can see them giving it to somebody who's already been champion, because you got to think guys like Randy Orton have won this thing. It's like it's, it's not like it, – it's weird. The, WWE does this weird thing where sometimes they'll give these guaranteed championship opportunities to folks who really don't need them. Because when Randy Orton won, it's like you can build Randy Orton in title match and it makes sense anytime you want to. When the Miz won, it made it's like, oh, okay, this guy's about to be ascend to the next level. Um, same thing when Edge won it the first time. Um, Money in the Bank did nothing for CM Punk. CM Punk got over because of a totally different reason outside of Money in the Bank. So it, it just does different things for different people. Um, with that said, I want to I want to throw a twist. That y'all have not considered because y'all haven't been watching. I mean, that's okay. Think about it like this. Xavier Woods has been heavily evolved in this Bobby Lashley storyline. Xavier Woods has taken some beatings for Kofi Kingston that he shouldn't have to take. I think the wrinkle that people are underestimating is that Big E, yes, he's going to cash in on Kofi Kingston. But it's going to be Xavier Woods that gives the knockout blow for Big E to cash in. I think both of them turn on Kofi. Because otherwise, why has Xavier Woods been this heavenly involved in the storyline? That's a that's a, that's a hell of a twist. I ain't never even sat there and thought about it. That, that makes a lot of sense. Cause, I mean, we have, we have a situation... Where, uh, you know, at the time of this recording, the next Raw is going to be Bobby Lashley versus Xavier Woods again. Why? What's the point of including him in this if it's not going to lead to something that matters? Yeah. That's a good, that's a good point. Never even, I never seen it that way. I ain't never even thought about it, but it may, it may hella sense if Big E wins money in the bank and all that fall through with Kofi winning and he turns on it instantly. Woods. That makes sense. I, I would actually like that story. Then you could build on that for a good minute. <laughs> you literally have New Day inviting Big E with Kofi. I mean, Big E with Woods and one side, Kofi on the other one, and you're having great matches. Because I don't yeah. even, I don't even remember the last time Big E and Kofi fought each other. Like I don't even, I'm not even sure if it ever happened. To be perfectly I honest, think, I don't think that happened at all. It's been a minute if it has. While we on the subject, I hate to bring something else up, but is Xavier Woods ever going to be anything but like a secondhand superstar? He 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 has the potential to be. It's one of those things. It's like you could look at Xavier Woods, and he the only thing that holds him back is his height. Because if you if you didn't look at Xavier Woods next to other wrestlers. Wrestlers, you'd be like, oh, this man has a has a world champion body. But then you look at him beside someone else and be like, oh, he's a little fella <laughs> as far as height. But his his personality, charisma, character, physique, it's all there for him to be a world champion. It's just that he's too short. Daniel Bryan was a world champion multi-time. Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan is – you can't compare. Daniel Bryan is so different. And the way he performs and, and his technique. Um, Xavier Woods is a WWE. Well, he's not really a WWE product. It's just his his moveset isn't different enough for him to stand out that way. 
Uh, but you know, you're right. AJ Styles has been a little world champion. Shawn Michaels has been a little world champion. I mean, there yeah, there ha- yeah, there have been little world champions. I just don't think Xavier Woods. He has the he has the littleness going against him, and the fact that he's uh black. Yeah, um, uh, I guess that's the show. Anything, <laughs> anything else? Um, uh, not anything else. Um, let's let's give our socials. How how can how can folks reach you, um, Quincy? Yo, hit me up at Barnhill Quincy on Twitter and on Instagram at Q underscore the underscore lights. Uh, Lane. As always. I'll find you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Rick. If you go to Twitter, my name two raw underscore in underscore uncut. Instagram two raw underscore and underscore uncut. Don't bash me. I am gonna change it. But <laughs> if you go to either or Twitter or Instagram, I got the LinkedIn web thing up there. So you can click the link. You can click all the socials, including the Facebook. Don't have time to explain that. My Twitch screen, which I'm finna start back. Then the Mama Mentality Gruda Grinder podcast. Like, share, and subscribe. You can click that and follow our Twitter page. All I'm right. working on the Facebook one. <laughs> Speaking of the Twitter page, you can follow that um, that page at um, at MMGG Podcast. On Twitter, um, you can email us the show at mmggrinders at gmail.com. I believe the Instagram is mmg uh, podcast as well. Guys, make sure you follow us on all our social media. We're going to be posting more and more about our sports takes and tagging the account in sports takes. So just be with us as we go through this journey. You can follow me um, at the NJF on Facebook, so wow, on Instagram and Twitter. Also follow True Comedy Podcast on all its social medias, um, at Podcast True on Twitter, at True Comedy Podcast on Instagram, and just ha- use the hashtag True Comedy. It's everywhere. Um, thank you guys for joining us this week. We'll be back soon with some mouse spouts for your boys. Holla!